Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for Thursday, December 7th, 2023. My name is Sean Tierney and this is a show where I talk about what's new and happening in industrial automation. And as I do most mornings, I'm going to check the studio board to make sure uh, everything's working. It looks like the video is good, the audio is good. You can see I get some stuff here, lighting or whatnot. I still have uh, a little bit more testing to do on some of the new products we got in uh, recycled for our, our Control Logics course. And then we'll be, I don't know, Micro 800, Micrologics. We're going to do the filming on those two and then moving on to the PLC 5 and Slick 500. So you'll continue to see a mess on the table as we go through getting ready for those courses. Um, in any case, um, I did want to thank you for tuning in this morning. And if this is your first time watching, I wanted to just uh, make sure you were aware of that every single one of the links we talk about in, you know, in the past 150 shows and in today's show, you will find up at automate.news. Now I add the links after the show is published to all destinations. So typically late morning, but here you can see uh, automate.news, no www, no.com. And there are links. There were a lot of links yesterday, <laughs> or I should say Tuesday. We're in our, our uh, holiday times here doing Tuesday, Thursday shows. And uh, in any case, they're all up there. I try to tag them all. I've been doing that for a few months now. And uh, you can uh, search for most of them through the uh, search bar over here on the right. So with, less so with that, let's jump in to our first news story here. And that would be um, to thank our sponsor. That's not a news story. You can tell I'm a little off this morning. So in any case, we want to thank theautomationschool.com for making this episode possible for underwriting the cost to produce this show. And uh, from there, we go over to ABB, and uh, they have a new announcement. They're launching their ABB Ability Field Information Manager 3.0. So this is a big news for them. And you may be asking, well, what is that? This allows them to, uh, you know, allows uh, maintenance staff and plant staff to uh, maintain and monitor, you know, all their field devices, right? So if we look down here, um, you can see that, um, you know, it allows them to uh, boost their engineering efficiency and productivity for fleets of field instrumentation. So a pretty interesting article. Um, it does support the new, what they're calling a growing wave of Ethernet APL devices. We've talked about that many times on the show this year. And uh, so I thought it was interesting and I wanted to share that announcement with you this morning. Then we go over to Opto22's blog and uh, they had a very interesting announcement this morning. Spark plug is now an international standard. It's ISO IEC 20237-2023. So we've talked about Spark plug a lot, right? And especially when it comes to capabilities of like Opto 22 and ignition and so on. And, um, you know, I guess the point here they're trying to make is uh, if you're using a Groove Epic or a Groove Rio, um, you have these features. They even threw in the Groove EMU in there as well. So very interesting. Congratulations to everybody involved with Spock Plug for getting it standardized. Um, from there, we have a couple of stories about getting together for robotics too. Now this was a conference. It's the second one. The first one was last year. And this came out of uh, the 2021 standard that we've really intrigued me since I started this show. And that is the, let's see if I can find it here. SRCI, Standard Robot Command Interface. And um, this article kind of discusses this from a Siemens standpoint, because the article's on the Siemens website. And um, there's another article here on the same uh, event, but this is from the PI or Profi International standpoint. And I thought they were both interesting. 
And so if, you, if you're interested in robotics, if you're interested in what is happening with standardization between uh, for a standard interface to a robot from other devices like PLCs, then you'll probably enjoy these two articles as well. They actually had uh, real-time robotics on, uh, and we actually had somebody on the automation podcast from real-time robotics and the very interesting stuff they do. And um, yeah, so check it out. It's very interesting stuff if you're into robotics. From there, uh, our featured product today, we're gonna feature today the Control Logics Level 1 and 2 course. This course comes with uh, the Logics Live replay. I did a live course a couple years ago, so it comes with that eight hour plus course, as well as the next generation course, the one I'm filming and I keep talking about, Ultimate Control Logics. So you buy one course, you get three. Now, if you buy the, the uh, just a level one only of uh, my Control Logics course, you won't get all three. But if you buy the level one and two, you do get three courses. And uh, we'll be reworking this. Uh, we're going to change that deal in January um, so that if you just want level one or level two of the older course or existing course, you can. And then if you buy uh, pre-ordered the uh, Ultimate Control Logics course, you'll get all those courses for free. But in any case, we did want to feature that this morning since I had a rack of Control Logics on the desk here. From there, we go over to Rockwell's website. And I was reading this. Now, the, the blog is entitled Enhancing Competitiveness Through Cybersecurity. And as I was reading this, I'm like, this is kind of strange. Some of the points they were bringing out, like uh, managing inventory, it's like, that's weird, right? But then I came back up and realized this was for the chemical industry. So that's where I started, uh, you know, what, what's, what's dangerous, right? Well, if somebody spills chemicals all over the place, that's a crucial thing, right? Typically, we don't think of inventory like when we're doing discrete pots manufacturing or food and bev. We don't think of, uh, you know, a lack of inventory being a big deal, you know. But in any case, um, in a chemical plant or in a refinery, that could be a very big deal. So this goes through and talks about cybersecurity. It talks about um, gaining visibility of your assets, um, asset management, best practices. And I thought it was interesting. I enjoyed it and I wanted to share it with you guys this morning. And from there, we go over to another um, ABB article. And this one is about optimal robot performance. So um, I thought this was interesting because, um, you know, they have their own line of robots. We talk about them all the time. But this is really talking about optimizing your robots and um, the different things to think about. They do talk about their robot studio. They talk about their cobots. And um, I, I found it very interesting. Here you get a great picture of their no-code programming for their robots, right? With uh, these drag-and-drop blocks. We talked about that earlier this week or last week. So I wanted to share that with you this morning. From there we go with the Fanuc, right? They haven't had a new blog since, I believe it was June. But they have a new comprehensive guide to collaborative robot welding. And uh, very interesting, especially if you're going to do anything with cobots and welding. You know, large standard robot arms have been doing welding for decades, right? But um, you see a lot of people talking about using smaller cobots in welding tasks, right? For smaller welding tasks, right? And so in any case, a very interesting article. They do go through kind of an evolution of robot welding. And then they talk about the differences between traditional robots and cobots. And I just, I enjoyed reading it and I wanted to share it with you this morning. From there, we go back over to the Opto22 blog. And now you wouldn't think we'd typically talk about something like this, understanding your industrial electricity bill. But one of the things we like to talk about on this show is energy efficiency, right? 
We don't want to waste energy, especially with the price of energy going up and up and up. We want to be very efficient when it comes to energy. We want to be efficient with everything. But when it comes to energy, it's kind of under the spotlight because of the price of our electric bills, right? So uh, for many of you, this I know this goes back to the first time I got in this business 33 years ago. They were doing uh, pump and fan seminars and saving energies with VFDs. So in any case, this is nothing new for a lot of you. But in any case, I thought this would be something good to share with you because um, some of you are embarking on that journey or in that journey of identifying what's using what's power and if you can uh, reduce the power consumption. So I wanted to share this article with you this morning. From there, we go over to Cognex. And uh, I did have somebody from sales reach out to me from Cognex and say, hey, you got any projects going on? So I replied by saying, love to get you on our product and technology show to talk about your products. Um, in any case, uh, this particular article is about how AI and machine vision can improve pharmaceutical product quality and yield. Now, we recently talked about their, I think their um, last article was about inspecting meat and poultry, right, in the food industry. And uh, this one, you know, I, I think this is just very important, especially if you have uh, a drug where if, uh, you know, any small variation could be harmful for the person taking it, right? If it needs to be very precise dosage, right? Plus, I mean, some of these medicines are very expensive. And so you don't want to be delivering uh, broken or bunched up uh, products to your customer, right? So they go through and they talk about all the different things they can find, right? You can see here, it looks like there's some mold of bacteria growing inside of the, bo inside of the bottle and so on. So very, very interesting. Um, here you can see they're doing some identification so they can do pick and pack. And so very interesting article and I wanted to share that with you this morning. From there, we go over to uh, Grace Technologies and I, I thought this was a very uh, interesting article, not very technical, um, but it talks about great, from Graceport to Global Impact, the evolution of Grace Technologies. And so it was interesting to hear about their story of how the company evolved from just doing it. I remember, you know, the Graceport, everybody wanted a Graceport on the enclosure back in the day in the early 90s and then, um, or mid 90s for me. And then, um, you know, their evolution into everything they're doing now. There's some embedded videos in here. I did not have a chance to watch these this morning. But um, in any case, I really enjoyed this. You know, they got so many different things um, that they do. And of course, they always have their great comic strips here with Bernie and Les. So um, in any case, um, I definitely uh, very interested in the perpetual power puck. Um, I actually did get to take some pictures of their power pucks that they had at Automation Fair, but I was just too busy to actually sit down and chat with anybody, sadly. But in any case, from there, we go over to Profi News, and this is an article about Omlocks. Now, I know you probably have never heard of Omlocks. Maybe, maybe you only heard of it on this show. But when it comes to real-time location systems and tracking things, with precision, Omlox is a standard, right? So that all the different vendors, and I think there's well over 100 vendors who have joined the Omlox uh, group. It's kind of like OPC, okay? But it's for um, tracking systems, right? Location data, right? And so it's very interesting. It's good to see this happening because, you know, you go back 10 years, all the different tracking systems were unique and they did their own things, right? So in any case, this talks about Omlocks. I think it's a good primer to Omlocks. And um, we also had PI on the show and they talked about Omlocks as well, Michael Bowne. So um, uh, in any case, I wanted to share this with you. It's a pretty interesting article. And if you're going to be doing any time of real-time location tracking, 
definitely check out Omlox because if you get a standard, then all the products should interoperate with each other, right? Just like if you know if you get something that speaks you OPC, you can feel very confident that they're going to be able to communicate. From there, we go over to Nord, and they had another new blog here. This one talks about their systems used in cranes, and I thought this was interesting because we recently talked about an application where uh, PLCs were used in crane control, and so their drive systems are used in heavy-duty systems like cranes. So um, I thought this was very interesting, and I wanted to share it with you. And uh, from there, we go over to our guide of today. If you go to automationblog.com, you'll see the new guide menu here. I put together 16 different guides. Today, we're featuring the uh, Control Logics guide because um, I have a Control Logics on the desk here. Let me go to the index here so we can see exactly how many articles and videos we have here. And you can see it's over 170. How many do we have? Keep going, keep going. All completely free, 175. All completely free, 175 articles and videos on Control Logics. And uh, very interesting stuff. From there, we go over to. Bill Weedman. Haven't seen anything new from Bill Weedman in a, since SPS, before SPS actually, but um, they now are making their small safe controller uh, compatible with Ethan IP. Previously, right, this Aussie Gateway, I believe it's an Aussie Gateway, right, um, only supported Modbus TCP. Okay, so this is their uh, Compact Safety Basic Monitor, the BWU2852. This is a standalone small control with two safe wear-free semiconductor outputs and three safe two-channel inputs. So it's a small safety controller. And um, now, in addition to Modbus CCP, they are supporting Ethernet IP. So um, this is, the, as they're promoting, this is, as with our Aussie gateways, now the safety basic monitor offers Ethernet IP. That's good for those of us in North America who use Ethernet IP. From there, we have a new, and I'm, I'm very happy to announce that we have scheduled to have Banner back on the show. We've had them on three or four times. I'm looking forward to getting them back on. They've had so many new products coming out. And I think we're going to be talking about the next generation of Snap Single, if I re remember my email correctly. But uh, very exciting stuff. Uh, but today, we actually have something uh, different to talk about. They have just uh, released, or this was in their new products announcements, um, their uh, continuous moni uh, current monitor. Okay, so let's see if we can get the part number here. Usually it's on the top. Arogo Whiskey, coil current sensors. Okay, so in any case, um, I don't know if, uh, if any of you guys are using it. I'd love to hear from you guys if you're using devices like this, but I can definitely see applications where it would be extremely helpful. So here you go. These are continuous current monitors. So uh, very interesting stuff. We'll go over to our next article. Yeah, I noticed this over at Automation Direct. They're one of the 200 sites I check every morning when I'm doing the show. And uh, they uh, have some new additions of the Stride SE3 unmanaged Ethernet switches. And so these are uh, low-cost solutions, they say, with IP30 metal housings. And you can see there's a, uh, you know, an on-machine version or in, that must be IP67 or 68. Yeah, IP67 washdown version as well. That's uh, 279. The standard switches are uh, start at the smallest one starts at $78. So, um, if you're looking for you know some industrial Ethernet switches, there's a, there's a 10100 version and a gigabit version. And uh, wait a minute, how, what does that say? Yeah, I don't know if it, that's very clear. If they're all 10100 1000. 
But in any case, check it out if you're interested. From the Festo has announced a new product. This is a new flat parallel gripper for space constrained applications. So um, this is their HPPF series with strokes up to 80 millimeters and a gripping force of up to 377 newtons. So, and, and it's supposed to be very affordable as well. So if you're looking uh, for a product like this, check that out. And then obviously MDT announced that they now have servers both in uh, Central US and Central Europe, which is great because only having a choice of one or the other would not be good if you're across the pond, right? So in any case, um, I wanted to clue this in here if you're a user of it now. Yesterday we dropped our, uh, our uh, podcast with obviously MDT and uh, all about Octoplant. And I'll tell you what, I think I've been talking about this uh, show for a while. Um, it kind of got pushed back because some sponsors came in and of course, um, you know, these, these, uh, these shows take a day to put together. So we always put up sponsors first, but I really enjoyed, they not only covered the, the, uh, the product, but they also did a demo and they took my questions too. I kind of asked a lot of different questions because I was like, you know, they, they use the software so much that kind of going through it really fast. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. Let me see if I understand this correctly. This is the first time I was seeing Octoplant, right? And so very good looking software, I have to say. In any case, for the, those of you who are listening and not watching the show, this is podcast 182. It dropped yesterday over at the Automation blog and on all the other platforms that we go out to. You can see that right here. I try to keep all the platforms that we currently go out to on each uh, thumbnail. Um, we dropped a couple because they, um, they weren't updating. So, um, But we're still on iTunes, which is the big boy out there. We got Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Podcast Index, uh, Podchaser, YouTube, Rumble, and RSS. And of course, you can always listen to it right here on theautomationblog.com. And one thing you may notice too is you, we do have closed captioning. So whether it's uh, our video embed here, which is an uh, ad-free uh, uh, from Vimeo, it has closed captioning. You get closed captioning. I pay for the closed captioning on the audio as well. So we have that there. And um, I think uh, YouTube also closed captions as well. But on YouTube, you'll have their additional ads, more than just what we have on an unsponsored show. In any case, it was very good. I highly recommend it. From there, let's go over to Macademic. <laughs> Did I say that right? Mechademic? Um, they have a new article out on their uh, the world's smallest compact and most precise Skyro robot. And um, this kind of goes through. Now, we talked about this when they first announced it, right? We talked about this new tiny uh, Skyro robot. And um, this article just really goes through and talks about all the specs on the unit. I thought it was very interesting. So if you're looking for a unit like this, um, definitely check that out. From there, we go over to DigiKey. Now, I really enjoyed this article. You know, some of the articles I've kind of had like, uh, did they get that right? But this one I really enjoyed. Now, the title, I don't want to say it's misleading, but let me give you the title. So this is uh, Ad Address Industrial Automation Challenges with a New Generation of PLC Hardware. So I'm like, oh no, here we go again. But no, it was an excellent article. And what it's talking about, and they do a really good job of... Um, talking about kind of like where the PLC industry has been, where it is now, and then they go into next generation PLCs. And you, they, of course, you can tell this is sponsored by uh, Phoenix Contact because they go into PLC next. And we've had, um, 
We've actually had Phoenix Contact on the show to talk about PLC next. Really interesting. And we actually, I think next week, now don't quote me on this, but I think next week, the unsponsored uh, episode of the show with a demo of PLC Next and the editor comes out and it's really cool. So if you wanted to say like, how do I use it the first time? I think uh, it's a really, it's an, it's an excellent episode of the show. And so that should be coming out the automation podcast next week. If, if I remember correctly, um, in any case, so, um, the reason, uh, PLC Next is next generation is because it does some unique things like, um, it not only supports IEC 611.31-3, but you can do C++, you can do MATLAB, you can do other things on it as well. It's like, uh, you've heard of those PLCs that are half PLC, half uh, PC. It's kind of like that, but not, yeah. So that, I don't know if that was very helpful. But in any case, you can see a picture of the PLC Next. And again, like I said, we've had them on in the, previously to kind of introduce us to PLC Next. And, uh, of course, I believe next week we'll have that full episode of the Automation Podcast with uh, Phoenix Contact. And I, I really enjoyed it, so I think you guys will, too. From there, we have an article over at Schneider Electric. We just had them. We just recorded an episode with them on um, VFDs, which I thought was very interesting. And the guys were just so easy to get along with and easy to talk with. I'm looking forward to publishing that. That should be the 10th of January. So... We, we told our sponsors, you know, our viewership, you guys, you guys, you audience people kind of get distracted during the holidays for good reason. And so I told them, yeah, we should probably want to push that out until January when everybody's back at work and, and paying attention again. So um, not, not to say we don't want you listening during the holidays. We definitely do. But, you know, it's that the automation blog's 10-year anniversary. We kind of see in December, you know, it just falls off like that because you got to shop, you got to go to holiday parties, you got to decorate. You know, and you usually take some time off, right? So in any case, um, that said, this is, I thought it was a very interesting article. It's entitled, Unleashing Robotics Power, How Machine Builders Gain a Competitive Edge with Software Design Tools. Now, I originally had this in the article section of the show, but I moved it over to the application or case study section because they actually talk about a couple of, well, they actually talk about how one of their integrators or solution providers helps their OEMs by helping them implement um, robotics. So I thought it was very interesting, but I wanted to push it back here because they're talking about how, and this is a company we've talked about before, it's um, Automotion and how they're helping different OEMs and they kind of go through what they're doing with them. You know, building software libraries to add value for machine builders and things like that. So we also have another one here. This one's from Aviva. It's entitled, Unlimited Operational Visibility is Transforming Industry. Again, I thought this might have been an article, but as I re was reading through it, they actually talk about two customers. So it's back here in the case study or application profile area of the show. Uh, the first one, they talk about mobile data access at Kutar's, Kutar? Kutar? Foundation Educational City. And uh, I'm just tongue-tied today, guys. I'm sorry. Data sharing at Maple Leaf Foods. And uh, so very interesting stuff there from Aviva. And from there, what's next? Oh, events. So uh, every week, Hornet Automation, we did have them on the show. Don't know when that episode is going to come out, but it was a lot of fun. The great folks over there. Um, using the Hornet Solutions Chart Recorder for water discharge monitoring. So, you know, if you need to use a chart recorder, this would be something to check out. I know a lot of us uh, have gotten away from that or a lot of uh, facilities have gotten away from that. And um, the one thing I love, their pictures that they use in all these registers but they need like a stroke around the, um, the, the words because I can't, you can't see them. 
So this is uh, Tuesday, December 19th at 2 p.m. So right before the holiday. But in any case, hey, they do one every week. Kudos to them. And, I, and we enjoy covering them because they cover so much. And this is everything they do is available on their on-demand uh, page as well. So you don't miss it if you don't miss the, if you miss the, live, the live show. All right. So from there, that was our event. From here, we had a couple of great videos. Um, this one I enjoyed. Let me mute it. This one is from Beckoff. It's one of their uh, partners, their OEMs, Syntagon. Uh, Syntagon? Like Pentagon, but Syntagon. And uh, this, this machine is just so interesting. So let me fast forward here. And so I'm, my brain is like, this is really cool, but isn't there a simpler way to do this? But in any case, it doesn't, doesn't ruin the, the cool factor. And they're using Beckoff Vision. They're using Beckoff everything on this machine. And it's just a really interesting, fun little three-minute video. I think it's three minutes. And uh, so I wanted to share it with you this morning. So just that, that is just cool. I mean, that's just cool to watch. But uh, to me, I think, and especially like my brother, who's a mechanical engineer, he would probably be like, I can do that mechanically much simpler. But I'm not trying to poo-poo or anything. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I did enjoy the video. So I wanted to share it with you. Uh, and then over at Emerson, we had a new video and I apologize, but when you pull up their videos, it doesn't give you the title. So let me do this. Um, so the video I'm going to show you is how can the new 30... 051, 3051, help improve safety on site. Um, so uh, I thought this video was just well done and interesting. And let me mute the, mute the sound here. And uh, they go through kind of going over the device. They talk about what the new features are. Um, I'm very curious why his mic is upside down. I wonder if it was overdriving or they were just in a rush and they installed it upside down. I don't know. You know, those are the little things that my eye catches. In any case, they go through the app and talk about what the app can do. And so I wanted to share that with you this morning. And from there, let's take a look at what's new in firmware. We got new firmware for the SM1500 analog input. Okay, so if you're using that, you want to grab a copy of that or at least check it out. We also have a new software update for Cymatic Step 7 CFC version 19. There's also an update for TIA Administrator. And a new simulation too for soft starters if you're using Siemens STS soft starters. Okay, and finally, there's a new download and installation uh, for Logo Soft Comfort Upgrade version 8.4. So um, I've never used a Logo, but they, you know, I've actually had people ask me, do you do a cost on Logo? I, I don't. But, um, you know, all, most of the vendors out there, they have these really tiny, you know, we, they kind of fall into the smart relay bucket, right? But a lot of times they're full-blown PLCs, like the little Micro 810 from Rockwell, which I have used. And um, that thing is just, except for the low I.O. built in, that, that program's like all the Micro 800s. It's amazing that they, they got it to such a small price and it has all the same features as the bigger guys. So um, in any case, um, check that out if you're using the logo. Rockwell had a new brochure out on their iTrack, the 5750 model. You can see that right there. And then uh, we got a new manual on the SM1500 virtual controller. This is a function manual and um, very interesting. This is, it's not a software PLC per se. It's a virtual controller. It puts it in a different bucket. I got to see some kind of preliminary stuff back at, it was MIA, where I got brought into a room with, uh, with uh, half of the automation ladies team and um, I think it was the manufacturing millennial and some other people. 
and we get to talk about it. Very, very interesting. We would love to cover it someday on the show, but uh, um, check it out if you're interested in S7 1500s and going virtual. From there, we had uh, three documents, or I think more than three, from Emerson. We have a data sheet on Delta V Live. We had a data sheet on their Rosemont BP20E. We had a data sheet on the Rosemont 248. We had a new Fisher Easy Drive 200R instruction manual. And we had a new uh, manual on their Type FEQ slam shut valve. Okay, and then finally here at SIM59, we're in our other science and technology section. I had two articles I just want to throw out to you that you might be interested in. The first one was about thermoelectric heating. Now, we know electric heat is not the most efficient way to heat your house or heat your plant, but sometimes it's the only way, right? Because that's just what you have available, right? I know here in the Northeast, a lot of people use fuel oil, and I know down South, a lot of people do have baseboard electric heat because they don't use it very much. But in any case, uh, this, was, uh, this article was about thermoelectric heating, right? Where you have two dissimilar materials, and um, there's been a lot of developments in that. And so I would expect in the next five years that we're going to start seeing some efficient electric heaters come out onto the market, which is very cool because um, the inefficient ones we have, I actually use them here in the garage, in the studio that I built inside my garage just because of the, uh, just, you know, what I had available. And um, yeah, it'd be great to see something new and very efficient come out in that area. The other one I want to share with you, again, from IEEE Spectrum is um, AMD's next GPU is a 3D integrated super chip. So we've been talking about 3D chips all year on the show. And uh, this was very interesting, not only because they call it a GPU, but they're really talking about this chip being aimed at AI, right? And all we, we've talked about all the things AIs have to do. And sometimes you don't need the 32-bit precision. And, you know, there's, you know, AI makes a lot of decisions and a lot of them are wrong and there's a lot of training that goes on and so on and so on. But the other part of this article I thought was interesting was the fact that they do a good comparison, like a deep comparison of AMD versus NVIDIA. And as we talked about previously, NVIDIA is the leader in this space. So I thought it was interesting and I wanted to share it with you. It's, it gets pretty technical. So if you're into uh, semiconductors and chips and learning, you, know, you just want to stay abreast of, of, of what's going on that the that era, this would be a great uh, article to check out. Now, with that, I do want to thank our sponsor today, theautomationschool.com. I also want to let you know that if you uh, want to comment on anything I talked about all day, you can use our talkback form to let us know what you're thinking. And um, all comments are welcome. And um, we also have a news tip link if you think I missed something that was in the news. From there, we go over to automation.locals.com. And we had some back and forth here uh, recently on um, migrating a, uh, a PLC to a Control Logics. And then we had uh, some discussion on uh, expressions inside of Factory Talk View Studio. So, really interesting stuff. I don't know what the designer was thinking, but this uh, engineer inherited a project from a previous uh, designer where he was bit shifting and ending with an array of all ones. It's like, why would you end a value with all ones? Because you're just going to get the same value, right? It doesn't make any sense to me. But in any case, um, who am I to judge that he may have to do that? But um, that is automation.locals.com. Uh, we thank everybody. I didn't look at the account this morning, but I thank everybody who's uh, joined up. Appreciate you guys following us over there. Really do. And uh, if you want to join the community, it's a cost of one cup of coffee a month. 
From there, speaking about coffee, I uh, do want to thank everybody who picked up one of our coffee cups or t-shirts or other swag we have at our shop at theautomationblog.com, as well as everybody who's picked up a copy of our eBooks or um, a copy of a video collection. So I just want to thank you all. Every penny of profit goes right back into the show and website. And with that, just a final reminder that every link we've covered in all 150 plus shows this year, you'll find at automate.news, no www.no.com, automate.news. And with that, let me go full screen. And um, yeah, a little late today, 8.03, um, kind of a crazy morning. I didn't get to go through all my prep, as you can see. Um, from uh, from the show but still i think i think it came out okay what do you think let me know you can use the talkback link to do that but uh you know we won't have a show tomorrow we're on our our holiday time so we're doing tuesday thursdays and a big part of that is because i have so much the filming to do for the new courses i'm working on but uh in any case i do want to thank you for tuning in i want to wish you a very happy holiday my wife and i were talking this morning about how we're struggling to get into the holiday spirit because we're both so busy. She had three late nights meetings this week because I've been working late, uh, getting ready for the, you know, prepping the, the courses I'm filming. So um, in any case, so I want to recommend that we all maybe take a little time and enjoy the holiday season. And with that, I can see it's 804, so I'll let you go if you're watching live. Thank you, everybody who watches after the fact. I know that's a lot of you. And uh, I wish you a great holiday weekend and, uh, you know, just uh, want to encourage you to stay courageous and stay fearless no matter what. And until next time, my friends, peace.